0: when the doors open, they didn't see the poorly lit filing cabinets and the supplies and extra chairs. But instead, the doors open completely. And what they saw was a bunch of nurses and surgeons, men piled on floors, bleeding. Everyone's running around.
1: Oh, my God. Wait, Did
0: you that? see that? <laughs> what? Yeah. What is this? Oh my gosh, what's going on?
1: I don't know. This is the part that's scary because nothing's happening. <laughs> oh. Oh, <shut> up. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. That was creepy. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for <laughs> girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Recording. <laughs> we can't count. We don't know how to count. We missed that episode of Sesame Street. I started a 1, 2,
1: 3. You started a 3-2-1.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It felt more final counting. I was we like, we could just meet it two. That's what we did. Going. We were like, two. Wait. Something didn't work there. Something didn't work there. Now, in our defense, we're a little bit We're a little bit Yeah. We're a little emotional because right before we hit record, we got the trending news thing that Will Ferrell was taken to the hospital due to his SUV or someone's SUV flipping. It was his. It was his. Okay. And I'm telling you, if 2018 is anything like the previous years and they take our Will Ferrell or our Bill Murray, I'm putting this in the universe right now, like the people do, those two must be exempt. I will be inconsolable. For days listen when i got the news about robin williams oh days, my god days yes and then everybody started posting that freaking meme you're free genie and i was like don't do this to me internet don't do this there to me. are very few very few celebrities whose
1: deaths affect me because right. i don't have like these you not. i don't know i don't get obsessive like i don't know i'm them. not it's involved sad. it's sad yes but, but i'm not like distraught over right. it. right Patrick Swayze, Robin oh, Williams. Yeah. I was distraught. I was distraught. They're both my, my childhood. Yeah. They're my childhood. That's all you know? I could
0: think was, like, it's Mark. And Jeannie. Makes and me every sad. And other thing that he was. He Mrs. Was...
1: Doubtfire, I love that he movie. He just seemed
0: like such a genuinely nice Dead Poets Society, are you kidding me? He's oh amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. So I'm yeah,
1: having. those two I couldn't handle. So when Erin told me that she saw that headline about Will Ferrell flipping his SUV and being rushed to the hospital no 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 nope.
0: we had I, we both had a panic attack we don't want to talk about his ghost not yet no
1: i love will ferrell so so much he's my absolute favorite of all time yeah i love him of all time and uh, he's yeah he's my favorite actor of all time i'm not even kidding i love will ferrell so much because oh now my dogs are barking love they're him.
0: in it too they believe it they are they're oh. <sighs> seriously oh. dog
1: Now I'm going to have to go yell at my dog. See, our neighbors, this is why I get so frustrated when we record sometimes because two houses down from me, my neighbors have decided to put in a trench or they're having septic issues. Either one. I don't know. I think it's a moat. But there's like heavy machinery going on back there. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Nope. My neighbor across the street is cutting his grass again. Freaking, I don't understand. There's no grass growing yet. I, it's just, <laughs>
0: I don't get it. I don't get it. <sighs> oh, Luckily, I don't hear anything. I mean, I'm well, that's only 70. You'll
1: probably hear it when you're editing, because mm. that's how I am. When you hear stuff like the plane of doom that flies over, yeah. I don't hear it when I'm
0: recording, but I hear it in editing. Well, guys, this just adds to the, the ambience of our ghost. By the episodes. way,
1: she's Erin. And she's Kirsten. We decided we need to
0: introduce ourselves. And together, we are...
1: Girls and Ghouls. Girls
0: and Ghouls. I was like, what's our celebrity couple name? <laughs> Karen. Karen. <laughs> Could we get a more boring celebrity name?
1: What? Karen. I mean, I don't really know how she'd put our names together.
0: Uh, well, because they, they, Aaron and Karen. Karen. I don't know. Karen. Well, that sounds like a food.
1: Yeah. Karen. Oh, good. They turned it off. There we go. Anyway, they believe in us. I yeah, I was distraught and but I read the TMZ article about it and it was funny because it said, first of all, he's fine, mind you. He's been released from the hospital. He's okay. Thank you. But they said that he was coming from a funnier die event where he was dressed as Ron Burgundy. And that just makes me so happy and I can only imagine how hilarious that must have been for the first responders. <laughs> Because they go to the SUV and they
0: pull Ron Burgundy out of the freaking SUV. Do you think? I love it so much. This is what I wonder about like EMTs and whatnot. Like when, especially in that area, if you have to like pick a celebrity up, are you able to like disconnect enough to be like, I'm a professional
1: but that's well i mean i'm bad. sure i would imagine i would imagine if you're a first responder in like the have, like, area, you have that. to yeah like you they they probably are like listen safety and lives first
0: fangirl later fangirl later Yes. and you know that they were you know that after all of a sudden they were oh, like absolutely all those big burly dudes were jumping up and down like Ron oh my god yeah. it's well feral i put him yeah. on a stretcher like yeah. yeah but like the
1: video even showed him on the stretcher on his phone and he's like rubbing his head so he probably had a little bit of a concussion he was concussed he was concussed but i'm glad he's okay we're glad because it was like it was bad it the, looks rough yeah yeah well he flipped and it was like somebody peeled the whole windshield off with a can opener which is it was nice. awful thoughts yeah. and prayers with barrel really and oh. family he, uh turned his thing back on that's great neighbor thank you neighbor
0: like a good neighbor, a lawnmower suck. <sighs> I just tell you, it's does. hard
1: doing what we do, guys. It's
0: a rough job. We have to sit in these cushy chairs with headphones on, and we have to read things and research. And we sometimes have dogs
1: we get the bark, yeah. and cats that knock things over. Sometimes our elbows get itchy, and we have to scratch them. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I ran out of sweet tea in the middle of an episode and I can't get up to go get more. I feel like this is I need, where are we I in? need a mini fridge right here. Right? That's what I need in my office. A right? little mini fridge and I'll just fill it with sweet tea and then I'll be good all day. Yes. I won't have to move. I'll just gain like 300 pounds. That's
0: okay. That's what our forefathers I'll be happy. would have wanted. That's right. We're currently taking donations of mini fridges to put in our workspaces so that we can have an unlimited supply of sweet tea while we record these wonderful episodes these mm-hmm. lovely tales of
1: if you love us you'll buy us many fridges that's right
0: actually Two if, of them. if you love us and you don't want to buy us a mini fridge you'll do us a favor and rate and review the podcast like that would be really yeah. awesome because I re- i'm you know i am validated by your stars i think it's important for you to know that i am basing myself worth off of your reviews today just kidding but go rate review subscribe share write a jingle all the things do all yes. the things
1: oh my gosh if you write a jingle that would be amazing
0: yes send it to us and we'll play it and send us your love story it. send us your
1: story yeah if you if you write a jingle and you sing it and record it and send it to us we will send you a t-shirt i promise you Amen. i will buy you a t-shirt of your choosing a girls and girls t-shirt of your choosing because that would be amazing it if we be. end up using it as the jingle yep You can have a T-shirt and a sticker. Go and our
0: undying love, and that's worth more than a T-shirt and a sticker. It totally is. It totally is. So go, yeah. Do this. Who's to go? Who's uh? Who's going first?
1: You're going first today, right? I'm going
0: first. I am going first today. Are you ready? I think so. Ready Ready to go? Go. Click. Buckle my seatbelt. Yeah, buckle up because we're continuing the story that I did. Two weeks ago, you guys remember we had uh, Kirsten's daughter on our show a couple weeks ago, and I talked about Boy Blue or Blue Boy, depending on who you're talking to, the little ghostly frozen child in the window, and that was at Gettysburg College. So today, I decided I would love to carry on with uh, Gettysburg College because it's, um, it's a whole like thing all on its, it's own. It's a whole bag of tricks. And it, it's just one of those places that you're like, Whoa. <laughs> Like there's still that still a school okay so as you all know Gettysburg is where we had the Battle of Gettysburg in the Civil War so it's got some blood stains I'm not gonna go into the full history because this is not history class but the Gettysburg College is in Gettysburg Pennsylvania it was founded in 1832 um, it was originally the Pennsylvania College that's what it was called but <laughs> in June of 1863. I'm very proud of myself for actually knowing some of this stuff, because I I was like, let me double check this, and it was right. So thank you, history teachers, throughout my life. Pennsylvania was invaded by Confederate forces during the Gettysburg campaign, and during the Battle of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania Hall, which is a dorm at uh, Pennsylvania College, was used... As a, uh, as like a work station um, and also a hospital for surgery for both Confederate and Union troops. And there you go. Yeah.
1: Gotta love stuff that was converted into a freaking
0: hospital during a freaking Civil War. Yeah. Because so you know it's going to be ghost. Yeah, so let, let's talk <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this. We're not going to go into, like, the full thing because it doesn't matter. I'm going to talk about the relevant stuff here. So um, neither the, the Union nor the Confederate parties knew that they were on opposite sides of Gettysburg. And they both were like, hey, let's go trek out and see where the other people are. Gettysburg at the time was primarily used for rail working, like railroad working. Like, they, you know, transported stuff. They had a train, a very, like, thriving train system. Um, lots of civilians. It was not... It was Was not set up for a battle and it was not prepared for a battle. Neither were the people. So when they both decided, very coincidentally, on the same day to go walking through Gettysburg to scope out the location of the other party, they unexpectedly ran into each other and that's when the battle ensued. And just as quickly as it started, it ended. So we're talking July 1st to July 3rd. Not a very long time, but during that period of time, over 51,000 people were killed. 51,000 thousand people that's a whole heck of a lot in just a couple of days a lot now here's the other thing that i want you guys to be very aware of and it's gross but because they weren't prepared for a battle and because this was um this was a like like i said a family town this is where people lived and and you know not not prepared for anything to happen. And in most cases, when there were battles and stuff, it was in places where they kind of expected it, you know? Not in the middle of towns. Um, so they didn't have a way to take care of these 51,000 dead bodies. So the dead bodies in the middle of summer accumulated in piles, and they got to the point that they would... Gross. S- they swelled up so badly that they would explode, all right? So... Lots, oh, my good Lord. Right. And the people that live there were trying to help everyone, both Confederates and Unions, because they're like, there are so many people, Not, I mean, on top of the 51,000 that are dead, we've got tons of injured soldiers as well. So everyone is trying to help everyone. Um, a retreat has been ordered. You guys know the Gettysburg story. The smell was so bad... Around Gettysburg College or Pennsylvania College at this time, that the only way to get through it was to hold a rag over your face w- that was covered in peppermint oil or vanilla, um, and even then, it wouldn't prevent you from like retching just because it was so bad. So it's a gruesome, gruesome area. Um, Pennsylvania College, because it was used as a hospital, was es- exceptionally gruesome looking because it was not it was not built to be a hospital, but they had no options. They did what they could. They had doctors come in and try to help people. So I'm sorry, but this story went gross very real fast, quick. and it <laughs> like, doesn't right get better. From the beginning. It doesn't exploding get better. Exploding bodies, exploding bodies. There, there's one. God. There's one. One story recorded by a woman, and she said the body, one of the bodies, swelled up so much that it sat up on its own. <gasps> Yep. Uh-uh. Talk about terrifying grossness, and that's not even in the college. Oh that's why I said we can't. We can't even do that's like. Awful. I thought like we'll we'll cover Gettysburg Battle for an episode, but this is like a twenty episode thing. So yeah, we're just sticking with the college. So um, before uh-uh. all of that happened, um, the school had already established um, some of their own emergency troops for protection of the school. It was not. Um, it was not a very, good, a very good troop. They actually got into combat with light casualties prior to the Battle of Gettysburg, and over 100 of the students were taken prisoner. So... Oh, my God. Not well-equipped, right? No. Not a great college experience. Not a great college experience. So, the college was uh, then, after after the war, um, after everything summered down, it was then turned back into a college and, you know... They just remembered, you know, that it, it was used for... They, they did their best. They did their best. Lots of injured people and, like, a handful of doctors, a handful of nurses. The way that they had it set up is that the the rooms in, that per, in the, the particular building that they were using is the old dorm. They had rooms where people would recover, and then they used the basement, which had a like more open floor plan, as the surgical operating area. This is where they would do amputations, bullet removal, that sort of thing, and they only had, like I said, I think it says like three surgeons total. And this is 1830... No, hold on. See, I knew it. 1863. I'm getting dyslexic here. 1863. So surgeons aren't... (laughs) This was like, put a piece of leather in your mouth, we're going to saw your arm off. Yes. Bad, bad place. So, obviously, given the battle, given the hugely traumatic experience that these soldiers went through, because they either died from shock during surgeries, or they were very, very traumatized, they would have, like, what we would call modern day, they would have post-traumatic stress disorder, for Mm -hmm. sure. So, obviously, that building has some issues it, 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 it's it's a little haunted and i told the story a couple of weeks ago about blue boy but blue boy is by far the most i mean he's just the most quiet none of them are bad and that's what i think is really important for people to know because everybody's gonna be like i can't go to gettysburg nothing that you will run into is is like blatantly awful in gettysburg college at least other places. It's just, it's just, it's just spooky. mm, It's just spooky. Spooky and gross. Right. Gross circumstances. Right. So we're going to go building by building through Gettysburg College and we're going to talk about the ghosts that are in there because there are plenty of them. There is one hall, the Brewer Hall. This is the Performing Arts Department and also has Klein Theater and it was once the College Chapel. It is currently well-haunted, well-documented haunted by an old Civil War officer that they call the General. He doesn't do much. He just wanders around. He takes in a show every now and again. People see him. He'll, you know, look at you and keep on his way. But he's gotten to be such a fixture that people just, oh, there's the General. Like, there you go. Like, it's, wow. on, it's on their website. Like, the Gettysburg College website. Like, he's just <laughs> part of the part of the team. He's also seen in the catwalks He's seen backstage, and he enjoys playing pranks with the props and the costumes. So he's, he, he's getting involved, but in a playful way. No one feels threatened by him. And then, let's see, he has his own, I love this so much, he has his own center stage seat that depresses when he sits down on it. And oh when the shows gosh. are over, it pops back up, and the students always, always make sure that it's empty they never will do a show if someone's trying to sit in it they will make sure that someone else moves that someone moves to a different seat they don't sell tickets for that seat because they want him to be able to watch and that's what he does he that's so cool it's so cool and it's it's something that is very very well documented people just accept it as like a part of what it is so there's Brewer hall there's also Glatfelter Hall. Now this has a little bit of a legend tied to it, which I I do enjoy. The legend says that a young couple climbed to the bell tower of Glatfelter in a suicide pact. The girl jumps, but the boyfriend, you know, he gets cold feet last minute and he changes his mind. Ever since then, her spirit has been seen on the bell tower, but only by men. And they say that it seems as if she's trying to lure them to come to her and jump with her oh. um, and replace her cowardly bow. And the the building is currently their computer science center. And many, many of the techie nerds have heard her siren call. And they want to know why this pretty lady is up in the bell tower. But she wants to kill you. So... <laughs> so don't go up don't there don't
1: go she's pretty desperate nerds everywhere heed our don't call don't do it
0: <laughs> don't do it I want to save this story for last it's chronological but I'm saving that one for last because it's the best There's another house called the Red House. This is an off-campus apartment house that that was used uh, for the women attending Gettysburg College. And it's said that the grave of a Civil War-era girl is in the backyard, and she haunts the house. You can tell she's around when you smell her lilac perfume, and it's Mm. picked up quite often. Or when she pulls one of her tricks. She likes to move things around the house, and she likes to break your dishes.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's not very nice.
0: No, she's not very nice, but she's a younger girl, like 12, 13 years old. And she just is like, "Hey, you're in my kitchen." Honestly, this is my thought on this. She's a teenage girl. She's hungry. Mm-hmm. Eternal hunger.
1: She just wants some food. She wants some
0: food and y'all aren't offering cuz y'all are greedy. That's so, right. you college girls, cuz they're broke
1: college students. You college girls, leave share her, your ramen. Leave her some ramen noodles, guys. Leave it. Some, leave the leftover pizza box open so she can have a snack. Just help a girl out. Help a girl out.
0: Use paper plates. Right. I, be proactive if you know your dishes are going to get broken. Right. And they, I mean, they make use real paper cute, plates. like plastic ones at Target. Or get yeah the little malamine ones. Get those. That's it. Yeah, get those. That's fine. So then there's a building on. It's Chambersburg Street. The building doesn't have a name. The building's been standing since 1863, so the year that the battle happened, it's been there. And it's (laughs) haunted by a make-yourself-at-home ghost named Chuck. He wanders around the apartment whistling on... Like, he just doesn't stop. He's always whistling, so he's clearly a friend of mine. (laughs) Um, He whistles, and he likes to turn appliances on and off. He's just, you know, chilling. He has made himself at home. He has even... (laughs) This is amazing. He will rewind VCRs, because there are VCRs there, to rewatch bits of movies that he wants to watch again. And he'll play things. Really? hmm
1: So he's being kind and remembering to rewind. That's right. He does. <laughs> Do you know that my husband's first job was at Blockbuster? Nice.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Chuck also once lifted a woman's hair off of her shoulder and made it stand straight out on the other oh. side of her head. That would freak me out. Yes. That's terrifying. I'm sorry. Oh don't God. touch my head.
1: Don't touch me. Like
0: Chuck's chill, Period. but he, he's definitely, he's definitely he's curious. Yeah, he's very curious. He's made himself very much at home. That's his place. He doesn't mind you being there, but he's going to, you know, if you're watching a movie and he wants to see a part over, he's going to watch it. I want to know how he's coping now that we have DVDs. But there are VCRs still there. So, I mean, they're very accommodating to their ghosts. The next yeah. building is Stevens Hall, which is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. That's where Blue Boy lives. But there's also a woman, a lady ghost. She's spotted in the halls, and there is no story about why she's there. But she is there. She roams the halls. You can hear whispers coming from the attic and voices of children and the young woman that stops and looks at herself in the dorm mirrors. You can often see her reflection, but not her. Wow. Yeah. So very, very spooky. And again, this is something that the students, because Gettysburg College is still, it's still open. You know, mm-hmm. there are still students that are there. This is something that they have grown so accustomed to that they're not scared of it. They're just like, oh, there she is. But they don't know anything about her.
1: This is like that, the Monte Vista that I did a
0: couple yeah. weeks
1: ago, the the elevator attendant that people see in the mirror, mm-hmm. in the elevator.
0: Yeah. Yep but she's a young woman and they oh
1: it creeps me out it just creeps me out like because you know you want to be aware of the stuff that's around you and so like if you turn around and look at your reflection in the mirror and there's somebody standing next to you but they're not
0: standing next to you like oh okay i'll
1: just go to the other
0: mirror thanks yeah no that's it creeps me out a little bit the mirror thing but i think it's Um. really cool that yeah. they're all just like, oh, there she I is. I do, Whatever. Yeah, I do love that they're so accommodating. They are. They. <laughs> I think it, it comes with like you have to have a really deep appreciation of what happened in Gettysburg mm-hmm. and understand like the trauma that was left behind. So I think that's why people are so open to it there because everybody sees stuff there. Like you can't go and not experience something. The Theta Chi House was a house that was purchased to go in, like, to be a part of the college. But the owner of that house hung himself in the basement. So. If you're unfortunate enough to see his ghost hanging, because you do, then um, you or someone close to you will run into bad luck. It's apparently a very bad luck thing. Now, this was a frat house. And uh, according to the legend, they, I mean they ran out of luck really bad that it's no longer on campus like they that frat has been broken up and a lot of people in the last like the last group of people that was there they mentioned seeing a man hanging in the basement so mm, that's awful he's bad luck now let's get to some of the personal accounts because there were i could go for days on like this is seen often, this is seen often, but I want to talk about some of the personal accounts that have happened a lot that people have come forward and been like, um, this is not normal. So the dorm is the most active, obviously. This is where all of the medical stuff was happening. This is where the surgeries were taking place. One student says, I was sound asleep one night in Huber Hall, I'm going to say, I don't know. And I woke up to my alarm clock going off, beeping 12 o'clock, even though I didn't set it. When I pulled the cord out of the wall, the clock didn't turn off. It just kept okay, going and going and going. In that same room from another student, I woke one night to a pressure on my chest, and I heard someone dragging across the floor. Oh my I God. closed my eyes, and when I opened them, every single item on me and my roommate's desk had been thrown to the floor. Oh, my God. These are both the exact same room on the third floor, which is, like, horrifying. Wow. One of the more scary encounters from a student is a young man who, in the middle of the night, felt something brushing against his feet. And he immediately thought, like, animals or something? Like, some sort of rodent had gotten in the bed? He opened his eyes, and he saw three black silhouettes shining lights on him. One was shining one directly on him, and the other ones were, like, off to the side. He sat up, and the silhouettes disappeared, just vanished. In the morning, he chatted with his friends, who were in the same room, and they said that they felt arms around them trying to lift them, but they were so afraid that they wouldn't open their eyes. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder what they were trying to do with them. I don't know. I think that's That's freaking scary. Really, really scary. And they were shining lights? They were shining lights on him. But there were no flashlights in the room or anything like that. But they were shining lights on him.
1: That's so weird.
0: That's so weird. Another young man said that a coach pulled him into his office and asked how he was feeling during practice, the sports practice, the day before. And I did not write down what sport it was. I apologize. He thought he must have looked funny because his coach pulled him aside and he was like actually i you know felt really bad my head was pounding and i couldn't see straight and my legs hurt and the coach said something that he said shook him to his core and he said that's because you had a ghost inside you it turns out that they they actually film their practices so that they can you know critique and give instruction and all of that i didn't know that was even a thing oh i did write it down it's football there you go (laughs) The young man is running with a football when, out of nowhere, a white, misty, circular image appears to fly out of his head and across the screen.
1: Oh, my God. The young
0: man says, if I hadn't seen the film, I wouldn't have believed it, but I did feel exceptionally weird that day at practice, and if it wasn't a ghost, then I have no clue what it could have been. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising considering the school is built where so many people died in the Civil War. So, these are things that happen pretty often, but the best story, my favorite story of like literally all time, literally all time, this is the one that got me hooked on Gettysburg, is, um, where did I put it? I dropped the paper, it doesn't matter, I know it from heart. So, there's one part of the college, part of the dorms, that is for the administrative office, and that's where they have historians that come in and do like curriculum for the students, um, staff gets to hang out there and all of that. The first mention of this encounter came out in 1993. Two historians were on the fourth floor when they decided it was, you know, they'd been there all day. It's time to go home. So they hop on the elevator and they push the button to go to the first floor. And something happens in the elevator and it just gets a mind of its own and drops. It doesn't go to the first floor, but instead it goes to the basement, ground level. And they're like, great, the elevator's broken. And they're a little bit panicked because this is 93. It's not like you can hop on your cell phone and be like, hey, uh, elevator is stuck at the bottom. So they're pushing the button. They're trying to get it to, like, do something. They're trying to hit the alarm. Nothing's happening. And they're at the point where they're ready to try to use the little escape hatch in the roof of the, or the, the ceiling of the elevator. But as they're trying to figure this whole thing out, the elevator door starts to make a noise and the door slowly slides open. So they're like, okay, that's fine. We'll take the stairs. We'll go up the stairs. We'll get through it. Now at the time, the basement was being used as a supplies and files thing because 93, you don't have computers to keep files on. They kept everything in folders and in filing cabinets and everything was in the basement. They were well acquainted with the basement. But when the doors open, they didn't see the poorly lit filing cabinets and the supplies and extra chairs, but instead the doors opened completely, and what they saw was a bunch of nurses and surgeons, men piled on floors, bleeding, everyone's running around. One of the historians said that it was like the world was in slow motion, and he was frozen in place, and he was oh watching my a surgery. God. Watching a surgery happen with these surgeons and they're exhausted, they're sweating. He can make out the, just the rivulets of sweat running down their faces. He can see the panic on the nurses' faces as they're rushing to grab rags. He can hear the sounds of the men laying on the floor waiting for their turn because everybody was waiting for their turn. And it suddenly hits him, oh my God, this is not normal. <laughs> So he starts to hit the button to close the door. He doesn't even want to leave the floor. He just wants to close the door. But he, mm-hmm. he's so afraid he can't move. He's moving in slow motion. And he starts to hit the door, uh the, the button repeatedly. The woman that was with him couldn't move, period. She was terrified watching this whole scene unfold in front of her. Um, because she said you could smell the blood from the surgeries. Oh my God. No one paid any attention to them. It was like watching a scene out of history. And eventually, the door slowly starts to creak closed. But as the door is closing, the surgeon turns, looks them right in the eye and gets a look. The man says it looked like, finally, someone to help because they were so overwhelmed with all the people. The woman says that that wasn't the look. The woman says the look that she, like the vibes she got from the look, was one of desperation and just hopelessness. Like he had given up like, this is it. My eternal shift. Um, the doors eventually closed. The elevator operated as normal and took them back to the first floor. And they never took the elevator again during their time of employment. People chalked oh that my up God. to craziness. But it's been reported by staff members, by students, and will still happen to this day. There's a report like every two years of going down to the basement and seeing this whole scene from history replay out in a place where they still are using it for extra chairs, filing cabinets, and things that uh, that you would have in an admin building. Oh my God, that's so freaking scary, terrifying, and uh, that's that's Gettysburg College, guys. That
1: was amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got goosebumps a mile high. Isn't that the best story? Oh my, gosh. I love it because they're not none of these ghosts. Aside from the woman who wants to lure you to your untimely death. None of these ghosts are, they're not harmful. They're not doing anything bad. And a lot of it is just like a reenactment, like a replaying of history And that basement. That's incredible. Like the historian, one of them, because he actually, he submitted the story himself to a book that was published locally called The Ghost of Gettysburg. And you can probably pick it up at any library. And it's an amazing read. I highly recommend it he said that it it changed his perspective as a historian because he looked at everything very science-based, very fact-based, like this is what's Mm -hmm. recorded, but it doesn't give you an appreciation of the intensity of the moment. And Mm -hmm. he got to experience for those, what felt like, you know, forever for those long, long minutes, he got to experience all of the emotion, all of the, the tension and just the, the despair of look what we've done and look what we have to Mm -hmm. fix. So it's definitely changed his life. And many of the people that have experienced it have just been like, yeah, no, I'm not taking the elevator anymore. The stairs, (laughs) they use the stairs more often in that building than anywhere else because of that. That's hilarious. So that's Gettysburg College. Wow. super amazing. Yeah. Totally That's awesome. I love it. I want to go. I honestly do. That would be the one thing I think I would really, really want to see. I really want to go and see this, like, just this loop of time. Like, that's... I mean, it's sad, for sure. It's very sad. It's very sad if they're actually, like, trapped there and it's not just some sort of, like, dimensional, like, this is the energy left behind and it's imprinted and blah, blah, blah. Like, but... If that's their eternity, though. If that's their eternity, that's that's terrible. But what an amazingly powerful experience that would be because it Mm -hmm. definitely, like, I would love to send anybody who's like, yeah, let's kill everyone. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Look at those poor people! They're like laying on the floor with their legs half blown off, and because I mean, Mm -mm. that was the other part of it. Was the woman said that the most disturbing part for her was seeing the pile of appendages thrown to the side from the from the operations that they had to do, and people were just like stumps of people because they were so badly damaged. Like there wasn't much to them.
1: So that's awful.
0: Go visit Gettysburg College. Good history. Good ghosts
1: ride the elevator ride the
0: elevator go see a show but don't take that front and center seat because the general ain't having it
1: I wonder if anybody's ever like stood in front of that seat to see if they get pushed or I don't know
0: I don't know I think everything like
1: that's ever happened
0: I haven't I didn't see any story like that from the the way that the stories are told about the general they all have a lot of respect for him and Mm -hmm. because he he interacts with them and in a like I'm still alive like yeah I'm a playful thing like they're just give him a seat y'all sit down shut up we're gonna do a show yeah i just love that you can see him sitting down like you don't see him but you see his like you see imprint his butt imprint on the chair butt imprint yeah and that they're just like that's his chair nobody takes the chair from the general that's really cool love it love it love it Woo! that was a fun one i like that one. yeah need a breather maybe a little distraction no shame we're spooked too Here's something you can do in the meantime. Take a minute to rate and review Girls and Ghouls in your favorite podcast app. Every rating and every review helps Girls and Ghouls continue to share haunting stories from around the world. All right, break time's over. It's time to get scary.
1: So mine is, mine is, uh, it's not a fun story. It's just a weird, it's a very, very is it a old story. It's not a turkey, no. <laughs> um... This is the story of a place called the Borley Rectory. Ooh. Um, in England. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's very old. Very old story. And there's a lot of weird ish that goes down at this place or it used to. Um, so we're just going to dive right in. Do it. Go. Um,. The thing that caught my attention about this is that Ed and Lorraine Warren have talked about this place. Oh. There's like video interview of them talking about it and I was like, "Oh, I've never heard of this place." So I looked oh. it up and it's it's kind of cool. So the Borley Rectory, um it was constructed near Borley Church uh by Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull in 1863. So he lived there. It was a very large place, very large place. It was like I can't remember the specifics, but it was like 12 bedrooms and like a big, massive home. Mm-hmm. It was a home, but it was a big, big place. And a rectory, if you're not familiar with that, people would come there and have church there sometimes the or whatever. They would rector at the rectory. <laughs> it would eventually house his wife and their 14 children. Lots of children. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the church itself, Borley Church, actually dates back to the 12th century. Um, and there is a legend that a Benedictine monk lived in the, in the church and had an affair with a nun at a nearby convent. And when they were discovered, the monk was executed and the nun was bricked up alive <gasps> in the walls of the convent. No. No. That's the legend. Oh
0: my gosh, they take that stuff seriously. Yeah.
1: So hauntings start as back as as far back as like 1885. People would report when they visited the rectory that they would hear footsteps. Um, a lot of people reported over the years seeing a phantom coach and horse-drawn carriage Ooh. pull up to the house. No, 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 no. And people would get out. Mm-mm. And then it would just be gone when they'd open the door. No, yeah, no, no. Some people, four of the rector's daughters, actually, reported seeing the ghost of a nun about 40 yards from the house in the garden, walking around. I mean,
0: actually, that's as long as it wasn't the one walled up. like Because that's just. That's who they think it was. No, Well, I mean, at least she's free from the wall. Yeah,
1: but they reported seeing a nun. Um, so there's two particular families who have lived here. Um, that have the most information on stuff happening. So in 1928, um, Reverend Guy Eric Smith and his wife bought the rectory, moved in. Actually, they didn't buy it. It was given to them by the church because they had been living in India doing church work. And um, his health started to fail. So they moved back home to England and the Borley Church gave them this house to live in. So they didn't really like the house because... It was built in 1863, so by 1928, it was kind of in disrepair. Mm -hmm. It was kind of dilapidated. It didn't have a lot of the more modern, um, like, central heating or anything like that. So it was just kind of a wet, damp, falling apart old house. But it was free, so they are like, okay, whatever. Um, They had been told a lot of the ghost stories and lore from the time, but they were like, whatever, we don't believe any of that crap. Mm -hmm. So, but they did worry that the parishioners would be too afraid to come to church there. So the, they called in, um, they contacted the Daily Mirror, which was the newspaper there, and they were put in touch with the Society for Psychical Research. And they sent out a reporter named Harry Price, who, became a paranormal a very well-known paranormal researcher in that time Mm -hmm. because of the Borley Rectory right um that was kind of like his stepping stone to being famous for this kind of thing so they sent him out there and they're like listen this is what we've been told we basically want you to write an article saying it's not true because we want people to come to church here right and so Harry Price came out But when he came out, when he first started coming to visit, things started to happen at the house. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith started having things happen. Right. So Mr. Smith first reported the sound of what he said were slow, dragging footsteps across the floor of an unoccupied room. Oh. There would be a mysterious light in one of the windows that was also an unoccupied room. Oh. Um, They would hear whisperings and voices coming out of thin air and they would see ghosts of nuns coaches and other shadowy figures oh my gosh so then they were like okay this stuff's real we're not digging it um things started to escalate a little bit objects were moved and in some cases hurled across the room oh my gosh a candlestick was hurled down the stairs and smashed against the stove other small objects like mothballs pebbles things like that were thrown um bells in the rectory would go off they would ring on their own and this was these were the kind of bells that there would be a rope like right if you were in in one room of the house and you needed to alert the kitchen there was a rope in your room and the kitchen bell would ring right those kinds of things would happen all the time like the bells would just ring all the time let's see knockings were heard from inside of the walls coming from like behind mirrors and stuff
0: (sighs) that's never good
1: um and they started to see writings on mirrors oh my gosh like just scribbles and stuff um so finally only a year after they moved in they couldn't handle it anymore and they moved out in 1929. wow a year later the foister family moved in lionel foister Kept a journal of all the strange things that happened. Um, and again, Harry Price, the paranormal researcher, came out and visited the home. He only came once because he accused Lionel's wife of making up a lot of the stories. And she got very offended and said that he was not allowed to come back to the house. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she's like, I'm not crazy. This stuff is happening. Whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so anyway... His wife, Lionel Foister's wife, Marianne, told her husband all kinds of stuff that happened. And we've talked about this before. Some people are just more sensitive than others, right? right? So things happen to some people that don't happen to others. So apparently she was sensitive. Right. Um, She said that there were multiple occasions where her body was physically thrown from the bed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And now, mind you, this was probably, this was in 1930. So this was in most likely when they slept in separate beds. Right. Maybe even separate bedrooms. Right. So. You know. Oh my gosh. But she said that she was physically thrown from the bed multiple times. Like dead sleep, thrown out of the bed. Wow. Um on one occasion, this is where I got the name Adelaide from in the previous episode. Oh. Their their daughter, two and a half year old Adelaide, was attacked by something horrible. Wow. Um, twice lionel foister tried to conduct an exorcism he was a reverend and he tried to conduct an exorcism but it didn't do anything in the middle of the first attempt he was struck in the shoulder by a fist-sized stone wow um so he kept a journal from the very first day that they moved into the rectory and he recorded that on that very day he his wife and little adelaide heard strange footsteps around the house and a voice calling marianne dear <gasps> which is his wife's name
0: I don't like that
1: I don't like that either so that was from day one. Oh, um, the footfalls were followed by other noises the bells would ring without somebody pulling the ropes bottles and pebbles continued to be hurled down the staircase they would smell perfume in different parts of the house they would see writings on the wall furniture would move about the house different objects would just disappear um, all kinds of strange stuff Right. Some wow. of these things were witnessed by visitors and neighbors also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, there were the ghosts of the nun. Also they reported headless horses, pulling headless, the horses? headless horses. See that
0: that's messed up.
1: And then they also said that they saw the ghost of Harry Bull, who was the, the guy who built the rectory in the first place, the original wow. rector. Um, they moved out when Lionel's health began to fail. So when the house went empty, Harry Price, the paranormal researcher guy trying to get famous off of this, he actually rented the home for one year. And he lived there from May of 1937 to May of 1938. And he put an ad in the Daily Mirror and recruited 48, quote, investigators who were just people who were curious yeah, to come and do different kind of clinical observations is what he called them. So in... March of 1938, there was a woman named Helen Glanville. She, I think she was a medium in mm-hmm. London. Mm-hmm. She conducted a Ouija board sitting in Streatham in London, and she told Henry Pry- Harry Price that she made contact with two spirits. The first was that of a young nun who identified herself as Marie Lair. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but some French name.
0: No, that's the way it is now.
1: <laughs> Marie Lair. That's it. Um, she she said that she had been murdered on the site of the rectory. Her answers were consistent with the local la- legend. Her French name, though, was a puzzle. She was a French nun who left her religious order, married, and came to live in England. The groom was supposedly none other than Henry Waldingrave, the owner of the 17th century manor house. Um, he was convinced that the ghostly nun who had been seen for generations was this Marie woman condemned to wander restlessly as her spirit searched for his burial ground and the wall writings were her pleas for help. That's sad. It's very sad. Um, so the second spirit they con- that she made contact with identified himself by a name Sonix Amurus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, he claimed that he would set fire to the rectory at nine o'clock that night. He also said that the bones of a murdered person would be revealed. Mm -hmm. So the rectory eventually did burn down, but Mm -hmm. not that night. Um, this was in 1939, 38, sorry. He was, the spirit was contacted in 1938. The rectory burned to the ground in 1939. Oh, um, and they found bones. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, they found two bones of a young woman in the basement, in what was the basement when they were digging through the ashes. Um, they found, they did a, um, excavation of the cellars over three years, and they didn't find anything else, but they buried the bones in a cemetery in Liston, wow. England. Um, the house was eventually torn down completely in 1944, but people still visit the site and they claim that they still see different ghosts and experience things. Ed and Lorraine Warren appeared on an episode of Seekers of the Supernatural, mm-hmm. Um which was actually kind of fun to watch because I found it on YouTube and it's, it was recorded in the seventies. Right. So it was just really interesting to watch it. But, um, they said that they visited what the place, the site of the rectory in 1976 for the first time. And they had been back many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lorraine said that she knew of the remains of the nun found in the wall. And she said that she felt all kinds of stuff going on. And right. there, like, she sensed her presence and all this stuff. Um, She did speak of one particular incident. The first time they visited in 1976, there was a man that she brought with her to document both audio and written feedback from her Mm -hmm. while she was walking around the house. And apparently he had been out in the garden and he came running in absolutely terrified. And, um, on the audio that he's still recording, you can hear him say, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he's like struggling to breathe. Oh and then you hear a woman that's not Lorraine say, hit him, hit him. And she said it was almost in a healing way, like very gently, like maybe like hit him on the back if he's right. choking or something like that. But you hear a woman very clearly say, hit him, hit him. Oh my gosh. Like she's trying to save him. That's, that's crazy. Isn't oh that crazy? Gosh. Yeah. So that's like, that's the whole story. It's a very short story, but it's just, it's very interesting to me. Wow. Just because of the history of it. But yeah, the, the thing that creeps me out the most, honestly, I think is the coaches and they're being pulled by headless horses. Yes. <laughs> and then of course the nun who was bricked up in the wall that's just alive. terrible. Can you imagine? No, that's terrible. It's awful. Oh my gosh. And now that is a legend. They don't know if that's true, but. Based on the hauntings, I mean, there's the fact that nuns have been seen and there's knocking coming from inside the wall and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then the medium making contact with the nun. I mean, it's just... I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. It's very reminiscent of the one I did in Ireland where they had—they found the baby in the wall.
0: Yes. That's so sad. What's up with the people putting
1: people in the wall don't put people
0: in the freaking wall i don't know i don't know why people do that. i think because they they my theory on this ask me about my theories on people and walls um my theory on this <laughs> is that people believe that the structure is like infinite and that no one will ever find out it. like it's the perfect yeah. way to get rid of something forever yeah but, but no
1: that is not, not that's not the case it's not the case
0: I, ugh, that's just terrible well, so that's it. That was terrifying. <laughs> go visit the Borley Rectory in England. Borley Rectory in England. Or the
1: site of it. You can't go to the Rectory anymore because it doesn't exist. Right.
0: But go. Go anyway. Walk around. Mm. Get the vibes. Go walk around. Take some pictures. Um, send them to us. See if, uh, see, I'd like to see a headless horse. See- ghost of. Not alive. No. No. I mean, like, like a
1: picture. A picture of a ghost of a headless horse would be really yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that'd be cool. Go there. Let us know what you see. Go to to Gettysburg. to for you to say. I know, right? Go to Gettysburg. Tell us what you see there. And uh, send us your stories because we want to tell your stories. And I have to admit, I have been chatting with people who have been like, oh, I have a story and they'll tell me the story and I'm like, send it to me. Because everybody's got that. So we can read it. Everybody's got that story. We won't read your name on air because we get it. We get it.
1: Make sure when you email us, though, you do include your name and address in the email. So we can
0: send y'all a present. Yes. So email us, girlsandghoulspodcast at gmail.com. We'll love you forever. We'll like you for mm-hmm. always. As long as we're podcasting, our listeners, you'll be. That's right. I listened. I read that stinking kids book the other day. Love you forever. <laughs> I like you for always. Anyway, have an awesome day, guys. Enjoy being yeah. scared for the rest of forever. And That's right. We'll chat have with fun. you next time. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.